Thank you for tuning in to the Bread of the Word podcast. Bread of the Word is an online ministry striving to feed people the life-sustaining bread of God's Word. Bread of the Word exists for the reclamation of the Bible in the heart, mind, and walk of all the saints of God, for it is the Bible itself which is the ultimate standard by which people are to live and honor God. Thank you for tuning in. This is Bread of the Word. Hello and welcome to the Bread of the Word podcast, Reclaiming the Bible and Exalting Christ, one verse at a time. My name is Tyler and happy Resurrection Sunday. This is the Easter special for 2022 of Bread of the Word and I'm excited to be with you on this special occasion. We'll be um, digging into a passage outside of our um, the study we've been doing, we've been going through Romans for a good couple months now, but we will be taking a break from Romans for this week to be in a particular psalm and talk about the resurrection and, of course, the gospel. So we'll be covering all of one verse of Psalm 136 because it is so rich. And I'm excited to share with you this week, and I want to encourage you to check back tomorrow. There will be a bonus episode coming out tomorrow morning. It's actually the first interview for Bread of the Word. First time I've ever had a guest on the show. And I'll be sitting down with Mr. Claude Ramsey from the Here I Stand Theology podcast to talk about the resurrection and how the resurrection applies to our lives every day of the year. And I'm excited to share that with you. Claude is a fantastic guy. He's got a great podcast as well. I would definitely check that out. But without further ado, let us get to Psalm 136. And it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. That's the text. And today we set our minds and hearts upon one thing, as described in this text, the steadfast love of God. Other translations say, the mercy of God. Many of us may be familiar with the King James, which says, His mercy endureth forever. And today, of all days, we set our minds and our hearts upon that one thing, the mercy of God that endureth forever. By this mercy, we have life, forgiveness, and redemption. And mercy is often a churchy word that we often don't give enough time to. But just what do we mean by mercy? Simply put, mercy is the quality in which God keeps his promises, despite the faithlessness of those to whom he makes it. So that's the backdrop here of give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his mercy endureth forever. This is the opening line to a song. A song remembering the ways that God has kept his promises in times past. Yet his mercy endures forever. Endures is a word that translators have added to make the sentence flow better. The line literally reads, his mercy forever. His mercy forever. 
And the Hebrew word that we see there is hesed. And hesed is otherwise translated as love. Sometimes it's love, sometimes it's mercy, because they're the same thing, two sides of the same coin. Lamentations 3.22 uses the same word. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It is by the Lord's mercy that Israel was not consumed when that was written. And that gives us a bit of context. The, Israel's, the Israelites deserved to be done away with. They were wicked, sinful, and cruel. Got every right to, in his justice, take them out. But for a time, he didn't. And he showed them mercy. And we are in such an estate. God gave his people a standard, a measuring rod, by which to measure themselves to see if they were good enough for God. And they massively underperformed. Deuteronomy 6 tells us that we must love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. Can you do that? Not all the time. And what's more, we don't always love God. If our task to be good enough for God is to love God with everything we are, all the time, every time, day after day. We couldn't do that. We couldn't do that alone, let alone the rest of what he gave us in his law. This point right here stops us in our tracks because we don't love God. That's not our natural state. There was one German monk studying to be a priest many, many centuries ago. And he was once asked during his schooling if he loved God. And he responded, love God? I hate God. This is where we naturally sit. We don't naturally sit in what God has called good and what God has called us to. Ephesians 5 tells us, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, because... Of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So then, we have a problem. We have a, we have a sincere problem, because that list includes every single one of us. We are in need of mercy, because we are a faithless people. Romans 2 says, Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice these things, and you do them yourself, that you will escape? judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So God's mercy is shown in not taking us out instantly, that he's giving us time to repent, to turn from our sins and come unto him. So despite our wretchedness, despite our rampant sins, the mercy of God is made available to us. 1 Peter 2.24 shows us how. He himself, being Christ, bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. 
for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. That is good news. We've been made to be the sons of God, if in fact we are his sheep. The psalm of his mercy is our comfort, but only if we are his. Romans 1 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And the mind that is set apart from Christ is darkened and hindered. The human heart is wholly opposed to the God of creation. To such an extent, says the word of God, that we cannot say thank you. Which is why it is so important that the psalmist worded this way, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. When we are not caught up within his mercy, we cannot thank him for said mercy. So the carnal mind, the mind that is dominated by sin, is opposed to gratitude to the one who is most deserving of it. Those in Adam, those who are in their sins, cannot sing the psalm with any authenticity. For to do so is contrary to everything in our nature. But there is grace. I'm not naturally able to thank God, but he has worked something in me that enables me to do so. That German monk I mentioned a moment ago, who said, I hate God. Eventually, God opened his eyes to the grace of God. And he would later write, Every true Christian, whether living or dead, has pardoned all the benefits of Christ and the church. And this is granted to him by God, apart from letters of pardon. At Easter, we celebrate that Christ rose from the dead and conquered sin in the lives of all who would come to him. But the tomb is empty every day of the year. The mercy of God runs every day, 24-7, 365. And so the question remains, how can we give thanks to the Lord for he is good? How can we give thanks to this good God who has ransomed us through the death of his son? And the answer, among many other places we can go, we find the answer in Galatians chapter 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident. The works of us in sin. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And again, we're all caught up in that list. There's not one of us that's exempt. Because every single one of us falls somewhere on that list. Oh, these are the things that God hates. That are so natural to us. It goes on to say, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that's a problem. Because again, we need grace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There is a difference in the way we operate on the other side of the cross. When we come to Christ with faith and repentance, fully trusting in the fact that 
he can save us alone. That we cannot be good enough to meet his righteous standard, and therefore we are in need of his righteousness. When, when we do that, we come away different. Because he puts his spirit within us, and he begins changing us into something that is good, that can say thank you, that can live according to what God has called good. In a book on this subject, Dr. J.V. Fesco closes with this remark. And he says, Every Christian should desire to manifest godliness and the fruit of the Spirit. Good intentions and our own efforts to pull ourselves up by our moral bootstraps, while commendable, will always fall short of the godliness and righteousness of Christ. The only way that we can grow in godliness and manifest the fruit of the Spirit is by seeking Christ by faith alone through word, sacraments, and prayer. In short, we thank God by living the life we could never live without Him. The new life we have now in Christ is our thank you card to God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone in Christ is a new creation, that the old has passed away and the new has come. And that is where every single one of us that has received the grace of God, this is where we live. And so this season, I encourage you to take on this fresh understanding of who God is and what he has done. And may this reminder that he has given us his righteousness and clothed us in his goodness. Stir up our hearts to the truth of the gospel anew and call us to walk closer to him. May this reminder of the riches of God direct our eyes to the crucified son through whom we have life, redemption, and forgiveness. And if you're listening this week and you do not possess these things, I want to invite you to come join the family. God's mercy is not cut away from you. It's not something you are void of. You can be redeemed, as all of us were. C come unto Christ with faith and repentance, and be washed of your sins and clothed in his righteousness as his own adopted child. What do I mean by faith and repentance? I believe George MacDonald, a writer from the 1800s, um, does a very good job of explaining what that means. And he writes, That man is perfect in faith, who can come to God in the utter darth of his feelings and desires, without a glow or an aspiration, with the weight of low thoughts, failures, and neglects, and wandering forgetfulness, and say to him, Thou art my refuge. To come to Jesus is to recognize your own insufficiency. The fact that you don't have your life figured out. The key theme of the Bible is that we all need Jesus. And I invite you to get to know Jesus. If I can answer questions, feel free to write a message or a comment. Because the remedy of sin is the crucified Son of God who gave himself as a ransom for many. And this is the God that we celebrate at Easter and every day of the year. Because the righteous God came down from heaven and he lived among us for 33 perfect years. And he died the death that should have been ours. Having lived the life that none of us could live, he died our death. And sacrificed, and he suffered the justice of God that should have been on us as our final sacrifice for sin. And his death covers the sins of all who come to him.
and that can be and that can be your story so i implore you to search the scriptures and, f and see them to be true come unto christ and be made new today Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Bread of the Word podcast. I pray that it has been beneficial to your walk with God and that he has called you into a deeper relationship and fellowship with himself. If you want to hear more from Bread of the Word, feel free to hit that subscribe button down at the bottom. Get notified about new content whenever we go live. Um, you can also watch us on Rumble Video and YouTube, or you can listen on your favorite podcast platforms. Um, you can also find us on social media. If you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Gab, links will be provided in the bio um, if you would like to check those out. And there will also be a message in the comment section, um, a free gospel message for download entitled The Two J's, The Joy of the Potter and the Journey of the Clay. That's something that I've written. That's something God laid on me to write and then send out. And so I'm not making anything off of it. I'm not selling it. It is free for you to read and share. We need a further saturation of the gospel in our world, in our culture. And it starts right here. Bread of the Word Ministries exists for the reclamation of the Bible and the exaltation of Christ through the reading and teaching of His holy transformative word. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. God bless. Matthew 4.4. 4.